beautiful people. Quick question. Have you ever thought to yourself, I've been passed up for a promotion, but I don't understand why? Or I want a change in my career, but where do I even begin? We know we're not the only ones that have had these questions, and that's why we started this podcast. It's called Gems for the Journey, and we hope that as you listen, you can discover some gems for your career journey. I'm Leah Murphy, and in my life, I wear many hats. I'll tell you about just three of them. I am an engineer by trade, a career coach and entrepreneur, all while working hard to stay happily married and raise three beautiful children. Ooh, that sounds like a lot of work, Leah. <laughs> my name is... <laughs> My name is Alma Gordon. I'm a brand marketer, entrepreneur, and serial passion pursuer with a business approach to my endeavors, but always with a creative spin. And we're two really great friends that have supported one another throughout our entire professional careers. I mean, we've been through it all, and we're here to share some authentic stories that include key successes and setbacks. You're not going to want to miss this. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We are excited today this particular episode of the podcast and we think that it is not only timely but extremely relevant to what's happening in not only the political climate nationally but I would say globally. This is a podcast where we talk about career in a tons of different you know sharing stories, experiences, different topics but today we're focused on African-American men, acknowledging, validating, and bringing to light that African-American men are talented, they're skilled, they're successful. I mean, there is value in their stories and in their experience. It's all about focusing on Black men, recognizing the stories, recognizing their truths. But the sad thing right now, and right now I'm speaking for myself, um, but the great thing about having two genuine friends work on an, a podcast together is that I'm pretty sure Leah shares the same experience. When did this start and when is this going to end? I mean, I have brothers. I have cousins. I have a father. I have Black nephew. And I am scared. And I know you have brothers. Yeah, and I, sons I don't even, you said, where did it start? And I feel like there's a complicated history that we have in America since the, the founding of America. So the start point is probably something that we would, you know, we could bring some talented historians on to talk more about. But when will it end is the thing that is complicated for me, because like you said, I'm raising two sons in this world. Um, you know, I am married to a very black man, a very six foot, you know, three you know, bearded black man, which, you know, I say that because this perception of these people being menacing is just so far fetched from reality to me. But you get into these situations where you're interacting with people of an opposing or a different race and the dialogue totally turns and the, the tone, the energy, it turns immediately for people who I know are otherwise great humans. And then as soon as the interaction with someone of the opposing color and their white fragility or their white faux fear or need to control um, really does come out and it creates, it creates really dangerous environments for Black people. But this episode really motivated me. Um, and you mentioned that you're super passionate about it. And I am too, because I think we can use our platform to really tell stories that otherwise may or may not have been shared. So I see that as 
a great opportunity for us to now crystallize in history as a time capsule some stories that you know in future generations can listen to and can lean on. So I'm really looking forward to the conversation with our guests today. We have guests today and they are amazing, successful, smart, talented black men, right? I mean, the same black man that people fear, the same black man that that police officer feared when he took away George Floyd's life. The same black man that you know, got called 911, was called on him. It is the same black man. And it was important for us to bring guests on the show today because we want to hear from the voices of black men. I mean, like Leah said, she's raising two black boys in America. I grew up with two black brothers. And my entire life, I thought it was normal to be fearful on their behalf and just pray that they would be alive the next day. And when we couldn't find them, for some reason, if they weren't home by 10 o'clock, whatever it was, we weren't calling their friends home to say, oh, maybe they fell asleep playing video games. We went to the precinct. That's not normal. It That's not be. normal. It shouldn't be. And if we couldn't find them at the precinct, we went to the hospital. And it's, it's, it's really unfortunate when you're hoping that you find them at the precinct or the hospital. I didn't realize that that was an alternative like reality. That is not normal. And like we said earlier, Lee, like we don't know when it started, but it's been happening for a very long time. The only difference now is that technology has upgraded and we, many of our iPhones or Samsungs or Google phones we're able to record this. And if it's not the person directly involved, it's the bystanders. Everyone yeah, takes now their phone now. You were mentioning so it's now, hard it's, not that, it's not that racism is more frequent. It's not that racism is more prevalent. It's just racism is more documented as a result of technology. Exactly. And, you know, our podcast is, 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 is primarily focused on career, right? Career experiences, how to navigate through it. And but newsflash, people, this doesn't stop once you get into a corporate environment. It doesn't stop as an entrepreneur starting your own business. There is still racial bias. There is still discrimination. And our black men are still experiencing this. So let's jump right in, Lee, and let's introduce our guest. So um, I'm going to introduce Nasir. So Nasir Smith. Um, is a very young, extremely up and coming executive working in the banking industry. He is also a founder of a nonprofit organization focused on financial education for low income communities. Um, and I'm gonna brag for, on Nasir for a little bit because Nasir has been a part of my, um, my life for very, very many years now because he and my husband um, have a strong connection from years of um, playing sports together and coaching. So um, Nasir, I've really had the opportunity to watch him define his own path and to evolve into this speaker and representative of the of his community and to spend so much time and energy reinvesting in his community. 
So he's in the banking industry and is operating at um, an executive level in the banking industry and running his own nonprofit and really spending the time balancing right these two worlds and how do you how do you connect how do you reinvest how do you bring your community up um, and elevate them to the next level so really excited for such a young talented man who I see really great things for um, even in the future it makes me feel old calling you young talented man but, um, <laughs> but I and you know has always had this fantastic drive always had this wonderful approachability and you know I know that he has so much success ahead of him so I'm really glad that you're able to join us today I, I thank you guys for giving me the opportunity to uh come on and share my story so I, I'm I'm excited I love uh you know telling a very genuine and authentic story um to you know hopefully um shed light on some areas that you know people can connect to and and also probably you know some things that people are currently you know um you know going through as well so thank you I just want to make a quick point. It was not that hard to identify, reach out, and find these Black men. These amazing, smart, talented Black men were within reach. So anyone who feels that for some reason, you know, it, it doesn't exist, or that, you know, Black men aren't talented, that they're not successful, uh, and that they're not achieving at a level I mean, that it's is fake I news. Mean, <laughs> it's fake news. It's fake news. It's not true. It's yeah. just not true. Not at all. This was one text message, right? This was like, you know, a few minutes that it took to pull these folks together. And these, yeah. are, these are really um, accomplished people. So, um, yeah, it's fake news. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, we're excited to have a really authentic, genuine, honest conversation that means a lot to Leah and I. Do you believe that discrimination and racial bias exists? Oh, without a question. <laughs> in your profession? Without a question. Nas, can you tell us a little bit? I mean, have you ever experienced a time, like, is there a moment uh, when you may feel like, I'm not really sure what's going on here, but, but it, it, it's, you just feel it in your bones, right? Because like I said, because sometimes it's behind closed doors, sometimes it's out in the open. But you feel it in your bones that this is a racially motivated decision that is oh directly yes. impacting your future. Uh, I've, been, I've been waiting for this question in your profession, <laughs> and I'll tell you, and I'll tell you, and I'll tell you why. So <laughs> I, um, I was going for a promotion um, at a at a uh, institution in particular, and at a financial institution, and I wasn't I wasn't picked for the role. Um, a white woman was picked for the role, and. I didn't have the opportunity to really understand why. Like they, they did not want to. When I didn't get the role, I had to keep re like reaching out to them to figure out what's going on. I haven't heard no or yes, so I was like, "What's going on?" Like I, I, I it didn't feel right. So I was like reaching out. It was, it was I was being ignored, and then I happened to um, uh, walk into a facility where the person who interviewed me was, and I, when they see me, they looked like they saw a ghost. And, you know, I just want, you know, very transparent, um, you know, a very transparent response as to why I didn't get the role um, so that I could, uh, you know, put myself in a position to get it. And, you know, they gave me some fluff and, you know, a year went by. I ended up leaving the company because I never got a promotion and I was very frustrated. And uh, my old manager at the time, who also had left the company, 
who was an African-American male, reached out to me and he and he and he wanted to tell me why I didn't get the role. And he held on to it for an entire year until I left. But he told me that I didn't get the role because I didn't shave my beard. And I was like, what? I was like, you mean to tell me that I didn't get the role because I didn't shave a beard that I barely have, um, that I barely have, right? There's, there's I, I don't even have a beard. <laughs> um, still to this day, I, I, I can't even grow a beard like fully. And I was like, you, so you're telling me I didn't get it. And it, and it, um, at that moment, it, it hurt me. Um, and it made me feel like, uh, every other position that I had not gotten over my career was probably because I didn't shave my beard. Um, and, and what it did for me, uh, going forward was it, 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 um, it put a, 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 a unconscious bias in my mind that, you know, going forward in interviews, I, I have to shave my beard. And even to this day, I still shave my beard out of, out of that because I feel like if I, as a black man, I got to come, um, 10 times as hard, uh, 10 times more, uh, more correct than, than a white male who may come with a scruffy beard or, or anything of that, of, the, of that nature. Um, just so that I can at least, um, be considered for the role, not given the role, but be considered. Uh, and you know, that for me was like, Whoa, I'm at, wait, it's, I'm not just dealing, dealing with this in, in life, but you know, my professional life. And, and, and I've always been a, you know, um, uh, let's like a let's stick together type of a uh, you know professional like when I like when I got in and you know um, I, I wanted to create you know um, uh, employee uh, EBRGs employee business business resource groups right for, for for minority men and companies and there was never a and then, and I realized this in, in the corporate America space but for minorities we never want to ruffle the feathers in corporate America because we're so concerned about our you know livelihood like yeah I, I get it you, we, people have families they got bills to pay et cetera et cetera. Um, but you know, like Michael Max said, you know, you, if you, if you don't, uh, you know, um, stand for something, you'll fall for anything. And I wanted, uh, in particular for this leader who is an African-American man to help me pioneer an EBRG for minorities. Cause in the entire, in this particular financial institution, it was like, I could count on one hand, how many African-Americans work for a company. So we were outnumbered. And that to me, I, I wanted to change that trajectory and to give us a space where we felt included. And people talk about diversity and inclusion as a topic, but when it's time to really put that type of work into play, everyone is 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 running around and, and they don't they don't want to deal with that that issue head on. And it's like, don't don't tell me in the in, in the in the in the um in, in corporate America that you don't see race because I'm black and you white, and I see that you white clear as day, and I know that you see that I'm black, right? Let's acknowledge that, but figure out how you know how we can, you know, um, sort of bridge that gap, especially here within this company. And I tell you, I've, I've ruffled quite a bit of feathers in, in, in inside of corporate America because of me having that mentality and me having, you know, um, me, me having that, 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 in, that innate an ability to want to, you know, see other people that look like me, um, you know, be able to sit at a table uh, with decision makers to make decisions for a company. Because we, we, we're, we're just as smart, if not smarter. So it, to me, that particular example, you know, with just shaving my beard, it to this day still eats me up because I'm I'm afraid to even grow a beard, and because I I don't know what type of judgment I, you know that you know what type of judgment will be cast upon me by by people who you know are in position of of, of decision making. So that, that's the example that I would uh, share on that one. Oh, you know, yeah. I want to I want to add something. So because I think a lot of um, Caucasian and, and white Americans, how how are you? however you want to describe them. Um, 
this is not about um, this. This this is this whole you know all of the rioting and, and the protesting that we're seeing right now is about ending you know uh, ending systematic white supremacy, not just police brutality, and not just about mm-hmm. George Floyd. Because if you're just looking at it like that, you're yeah. missing the point. Because 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 you know. Yeah. So so this this is about the entire system that targets black people and the system in place that sanctions and supports our mistreatment and the corporations and the judicial system, um, the media and the government and all of it. That's that's what this is merely about. And I, you know, and and I and in the last over the last couple of days, sure, we see it on the Twitter and the Instagram and the Facebook, right? But I've been intentionally on LinkedIn because there's a lot of leaders on there that I've was particularly interested in seeing a very professional, even though we're on a very professional platform, I've, I've been intentionally wanting to see, you know, them speak out about these things. Because if we go back to, yep. if we go back to work tomorrow on Monday, don't, don't sit there like, oh, how was your weekend? Don't ask me how my weekend was. That's it. Cause that's a very unraveled, <laughs> that's a very unraveled piece here. Do you really want to know what my, my weekend was like? Yep. Um, so, and I think that if we, if, if we're going to ignore that, elef- that elephant in the room, I rather you not ask me about my weekend and, and let's just focus on what businesses, you know, here today. So that, that just resonated with me and, and I needed to say that I'm, I'm sorry for, you know, chiming in and over the next, um, you know, over the next question. So. No, you're, you're right on point, Nas. Like you're exactly moving in the direction that we're thinking because the, the way that, um, the way that the outside world impacts the way we show up at work every day can't be separated, right? You can only compartmentalize to some small level. At some point, compartmentalization is like, I had enough. Like, I'm, there's, It's not possible for me to do this dissection and literally be a different person uh, when I show up to the building. So I think your sentiment is exactly, exactly on point. Um, but you mentioned one thing there that I thought was really interesting around looking for um, engagement and dialogue from people on LinkedIn or even any of the the social platforms. So, what are your um, what are your thoughts on how people um, dialogue in behind closed doors around race and you know the challenges or the misconceptions? Um, misconceptions that people try to make it seem like there, there it isn't race or there isn't a bigger issue versus what people are willing to put in writing and like dialogue on, you know, on a public platform and manage all that comes along with that. Understand what it, what it means to be black because they're not black, but I, I'm, I'm at least, um, I'm at least wanting them to acknowledge the, the times that we're living in. Right. And how as a how you know how how it has affected them as a leader who who is in a company where it's you know a PWI is a predominantly white institution where you know there could be or there is not could right because I'm not going to put asterisk I'm going to say there is you know racial discrimination in a company how are you you know um, uh, how are you addressing those concerns right what are you doing to you know give the the, the minority people um, you know, in your company, a, a voice to 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 a voice to speak, or or just a platform or, or a place for them to speak, right? So, you know, there's there was something that I I reshared on LinkedIn, and it was to um, 
to, to, to all of the white people that are my peers or, or my, you know, or in the supervisor, my supervisor or manager, right? It was, you know, dear white people, your black colleagues are not okay. We're not okay. And I, I you know, for me, that unraveled a lot of different emotions for me. Um, because, you know, for, for me, I, 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 again, I don't want them to say, you know, um, that they understand you know, what we're, that, that we're, they understand what we're going to, right? They're go, going through, excuse me. Um, but, you know, at least acknowledging that we're not okay and, and, allowing, and allowing us to figure out how we can bridge gaps in our, in our, in our corporations so that we can feel included. We just want to feel included and, and, and have the same accessibility as somebody who doesn't look like us. So I, I guess, you know, I, I'm kind of going all over the place with that question just because it's, I, for me that, you know, there's not just like one clear... <laughs> One clear answer, but I, I, I you know, I really wanted to, um, you know, uh, just just get a feeling of like, you know, hey, Nasir, I know this has nothing to do with, you know, the the job or the work, you know, that you're doing. How are you? You know, how are you taking all of this in right now? Let's have a, you know, educate me on what it, what you're experiencing because I'm privileged, right? Understand and, and honor your privilege. There's nothing wrong with that, right? That's what I'm looking for. I'm, I'm looking for someone to, you know, um, not just, you know, ignore it because we we both know it's happening. And for us to both, you know, come into work and 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 not, you know, acknowledge that this is currently happening for me makes me feel like you don't respect me enough as a black male, a black man in this company, and and it and infuriates me. So. That's how I respond to that, Lee. I'm kind of going to, you know, <laughs> I'm going to digress off of that a little bit. Um, but that's how I'm feeling right now. No, I think what you're saying is so sincere, right? It's so sincere. And for some people, they want, they don't want to talk about it at work, right? They want it to, they want to keep it as far away as possible because discussions on race um, in America are complicated and, you know, all over the world are complicated. So oftentimes it's avoidance, but I agree with you. Like I'm at a different um, intersection now where avoiding discussing it at work is no longer possible because it affects me at work. It affects the way I work. It affects my ability to be able to focus, right? Like all of the things that you just, you know, really out you, right? Cause it takes, you know, it takes courage to be able to manage a conversation at work <laughs> with diplomacy um, and your emotion that go, goes along with it. So it's not even like, you know, you can talk about it as like a case study experience at this point. These are your real feelings and your, you know, it's a close connection to who you are. So I, I you know, I really applaud your courage because it, for a long time, mm -hmm. um, being neutral yeah. and having no opinion has been the default, right? It's like, oh, you know, I'm, I don't have any feelings on that or, you know, that, that happened somewhere else, right? We can talk about it as a far off observer. Um, but now, right, the, the fact that there are um, every multiple cities across the U.S. are having these um, demonstrations that are all based on the boiling point, right? That multiple people are feeling across the U.S. That um, George Floyd's death has really crystallized. Because you, you have to, to acknowledge it first, right? If you want to be able to solution it, if you want to be able to develop a plan, you yeah. have to first be informed, right? Like you have to be informed, and multiple people have to educate themselves on you know what happened pre George Floyd, right? Like you have to educate yourself on an on the experience, even if you only take it the last five years. Start there, being well informed on what's happening, and then then we can come into a room and try to solution. And it sounds like you want to show up 
to be a part of that dialogue, right? To help bring the organization forward. And that benefits that organization as well as the individuals that support it. Um, if they're if they're willing to show up and do yep. that kind of work. So I applaud that. Absolutely. I definitely applaud that. What what are your thoughts on what you'd like to see um, happen in your workplace when you go back to work on Monday? I do think that for still for our white counterparts, it's it's a topic that they think is too touchy. Um, but not touching it is also making it more touchy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, first, the first thing is acknowledging, you know, that that something's going on, right? I think that's where we can start, right? Acknowledging that you know that I'm not okay and that I am actually dealing with something. Um, I'm, I'm actually dealing with something that that is hard for me to even you know, bear, bear, bear a sound mind to, to even deliver uh, results here in the company um, at first, right? And then from there, it's like, well, how do we, because we can only control what we can control, right? What can we do as a, what can we do as a company to help, you know, African-Americans in general, not just black males, but females as well, feel inclusive and included in, in where this company is going and, and, in what, and, in, and in the work that they can do, right? Making us feel like, you know, um, you know, setting, leveling, leveling the playing field for, for us to also have a seat at the table. Because the reason why a lot of companies are not designed for us is because there is no one that looks like us at the table. And then when we do have those counterparts at the table, right, because we do have some African, and I, I will acknowledge that we do have some African-American leaders that are, that are sitting at tables, but they're not even talking about it, right? They're, how can you sit in a room as a leader and not want to address this with the other leaders in the room if you're the only minority person in the room? You know, if you're not doing that, you're doing a dis- you're doing a disservice to the people who look like you because you're 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 a pioneer. You're pa- you're paving the way. You're paving the way for us to 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 be able to you know they're going to say oh you know what that black male that black that black male or that black woman that said that's at the table is they she's smarter than all of us at the table. He's highly articulate. We need to bring more people that are you know that 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 qualify just like her to the table because I think they have just as much as right as we do. And, 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 you know, it's, it's, it's really going to be a, a very interesting thing. And I, I do think that, you know, tomorrow it, I won't be asked, right? I won't be asked. But I'll tell you one thing, right? I'm now infuriated to, to, to when, when I'm asked, am I okay? I'm going to say, no, I'm not. Don't ask me, how was you? My weekend was terrible. Because I, I want the dialogue. I want the dialogue. <laughs> Why was your weekend terrible? Uh, it, it had nothing to do with my with my my family or my personal life. It had something to do with what we're facing right now in this country. That's the discussion right now. And and I feel like I'm I'm you know, I could ruffle feathers. I could make people feel uncomfortable. But hey, I'm uncomfortable. I'm not feeling I'm not feeling well as a black male as, as a black male. I, I'm I'm feeling I'm I'm feeling ostracized and 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 you know. Um, you know, uh, placed in a very, very bad place to, you know, not feel like I'm able to even perform my job to the best of my abilities because of this issue. So let's address it because I'm not the only one, you know, sitting, sitting here, or or I'm not the only one in the entire company that's black that's feeling like this. They're just not, they're scared to use their voice because they think they'll be fired as a retaliation factor. This was Leah Murphy and Amma Gordon. Thank you so much for listening. We hope this episode gave you some real gems that you can use on your own career journey. 
Come back for the next episode and be sure to follow us on social at Gems for the Journey on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And you can also email us at info at gemsforthejourney.org. That's I-N-F-O at G-E-M-S-F-O-R-T-H-E-J-O-U-R-N-E-Y dot org. And let us know if you have any comments or questions.